uh, as, a, as a little boy, and my brother and I would talk about it weeks in advance, and then Christmas morning, we'd be all excited before we'd do that rush into, into to see the Christmas presents and everything. We'd be talking so excited, and it's, Christmas is so much about expectations when you're a little kid. And the expectations kind of change when, uh, when you get older, and, and especially as a parent, maybe the expectations change into thinking about uh, just the joy that people are going to have when they open, open your gifts. And there's the, the expectation and the, the hope of, of things like just the, a guy the other day said, you know what, I really am dreaming about a white Christmas. I'd love to see that one time in my life. We really, at a, at a time more than any time in my life, I'm probably dreaming about, you know, truly peace on earth and goodwill towards men as you, as you, you read the, the news. There's so much also just that we, that we think about with, um, the, there's, there's also the expectation of what's going to happen when the relatives arrive. And, and, and the, I know the parents especially are thinking they're not, the, the expectation of a silent night is already out of the picture, but maybe even a, a somewhat quiet night, right? Just even one time that doesn't seem out of control during the, during the Christmas season. It's all about expectation, but sometimes, sometimes, and even quite often, the expectations don't end up the way we thought they would. This series, I'm so excited about this series, in October, and it was like a download. I could not type, uh, type fast enough. And e- make sure you're here like every week because each week is going to kind of go on the other one. But here's the, here's the whole premise. What happens when Christmas, what happens when part of life, or what happens when life in general doesn't turn out the way you expected it to? What happens when life throws you a curveball? What are you going to do at that, uh, at that time? And, and think about it. On the first Christmas... Nothing turned out the way anybody expected. I mean, what they were hoping would happen, what they were expecting to happen that first Christmas, nobody got what they were hoping for. Everything was completely different with the, from what they had an, anticipated. And here's what I want you to do. We're going to go back to all the central characters around baby Jesus uh, in the next three weeks. And we're going to take a look at, uh, at just what they were experiencing. And here's what I want you to do, both here and those who are watching online. We are really glad you're, you're watching right now. Welcome welcome, welcome. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine that you were the people in this story. I want you to imagine that you were these characters. What would you be feeling? What would you be going through? What would be in your heart? What would be in your mind? What would be your fears? What would be your, your emotions that you're going through all this? And let's start out with, with Mary. I mean, Mary, what do you think she was expecting that first Christmas? She was about to get married to Joseph, and that's probably what she was hoping for. Just a normal uh, Jewish wedding, which is not very normal. I mean, it's a pretty extravagant thing. For a week, the whole village shuts down, and everybody's celebrating this joyous uh, event. And then, then she was probably expecting just to, 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 to raise a family, and, and a normal family, a normal with normal kids and everything like that. That's probably what she was expecting. But all that went flying out the window when she got a visitation from a an angel named Gabriel says this in Luke 1 in the sixth month God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David the virgin's name was Mary the angel went to her and said greetings you who are highly favored the Lord is with you Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be but the angel said to her do not be afraid Mary you have found great favor with God You will be with a child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Well, that kind of changed your plans, wouldn't it? 
I mean, imagine, truly, imagine you were a, a girl of about 14 to 17 years old and you get this message. I mean, imagine what's going on in your, in your mind. And you probably have, have at least two big things. One of them is confusion. And we read that from the text. We will read that from the text of going, she's going, okay, wait, I understand biology. I understand how babies come into this world. This ain't going to happen. I mean, this is not the way babies come into the world. There had to be confusion and there had to be some serious concern too. If I was Mary, I'd be thinking, what in the world am I going to tell Joseph, Right? I mean, I mean, what do you say? Who's going to believe that story, right? I wouldn't believe that story, would you? Because, um, because things don't happen that way. It's, it's never happened before. What, what you would be saying is completely, totally impossible. Imagine the con- concern. And here's the thing, too. Um, as, she's, as she's hearing these words... There's three things that could happen, all of them bad. One of them will happen, definitely, and that's that she's going to lose her reputation. We find that later in the Gospels when people came up to Jesus and said, you know, at least we're not illegitimate like you are. I mean, she's going to carry that stigma for the rest of her life. And then also, you can guarantee, almost guarantee that this is going to end the marriage, right? I mean, this is going to be kaput to the, the marriage. And here's the third thing, this could end her life as well. I mean, if you have an affair when you're, in a, when, when you're uh, engaged in those days, you would be stoned as an adulteress. And so, I mean, can you imagine to, to hear these words, the, worst you, the, the best you're going to do is just uh, ruin your reputation for the rest of your life. And the worst is you could ruin your life. Imagine as a 14 to 17 year old going through those things in your heart and mind. It's so easy for us to just read this and, uh, and go on. And let's take a look at, at, at Joseph. What do you think he's expecting? What do you think is going through his mind as he's wanting to, to experience that first Christmas? He's probably just thinking, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to marry, uh, marry the love of my life, marry Mary, and then I'm going to you know, start a career as a, as a, as a carpenter and com- continue what my dad did and, and do that, and we're going to raise a normal family and everything. And, and again, all that went flying out the window when he discovered that Mary was pregnant, and he knew he had nothing to do with that. And can you imagine what's going through his mind? I mean, put yourself in their shoes. Imagine the heartbreak. Imagine the confusion there. Imagine just the, that his life was probably just, uh, just uh, you know, crumbling down around him in total confusion and just being completely broken, uh, brokenhearted. And then we don't know how he got the news. You know, we don't know whether Mary told him. We don't know he heard it through the grapevine and now he's about to lose his mind. You know, sorry, the song, sorry. Had to go through that. Uh, and, but, but here's the thing too. One thing we do know is his life became devastated at that, at that moment. And here's something else too. I love their reaction. I love both of their reactions to this, to this wild news. First, there's, there's Mary. Now imagine, again, you're, you're 14 to 17 years old and you've just heard this news that's gonna, that, that could either, will change your life and could end your life. And how does she respond? I love this lady. She says, I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Let me ask you this. Would you have that same response if you were Mary? Would you have that same response? Because there are times in life, make, make no mistake, if you follow Jesus Christ with all your heart, there's going to be times that God tells you to take some difficult steps. There's going to be some times that God tells you to do things that you won't understand. There's going to be t- times that God tells you to do something that will cost you something. What would your response be? Would it be the same as Mary's? Will it be the same as Mary when God, uh, when God says that? And look how, how Joseph responds. Remember that he believes Mary has, has cru- he crushed his heart, has destroyed their marriage, 
uh, and has, has ruined this, his, his picture of the, of the future. That's what he thinks has happened. And what he does is, um, you know, and again, you talk about revenge. You talk about getting back at somebody. He could snap his fingers and say, let's, uh, let's stone her. Could happen right there. You talk about absolute revenge. But instead, watch what he does. He said, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. This is the kindest thing he could have possibly done, even though, according to his thoughts, she had totally stabbed him in the, in the back. Here's it is. He did what was best for Mary in the midst of this. And then, uh, you know, you may go and wait, time out. How come there's a, a divorce if they're only engaged? In those days, uh, if you broke a, a, an engagement, it was that you don't, could only do it through a divorce. In fact, if a, a man died, uh, the engaged man died, the woman be, would be known as, uh, as, a, as a virgin widow, if you can imagine that. So that's how sincere, I mean, serious those things. Back to, uh, back to Joseph, look at this. He said, but after he had considered this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sin. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Then Joseph woke up. He did, don't miss this, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Now, Joseph gets the down low of what really, uh, of what really took, took place there. And immediately, he does exactly what the angel told him to do. And this is what you're going to see over and over and over in the life of Joseph. He was told to do something by God. It was always inconvenient. It was always tough. And he always did exactly what God told him to do. I mean, here it's going to cost him his reputation too. That he's going to be known to, to have a, a, you know, a, a floozy as, a, as a, a wife. At least that's going to be in the eyes of, of the people around. And he's willing to do that. And, and, and no, don't miss this. He doesn't make love to her until after the baby is, is born. And again, shows his character. He wants everybody to know that God had 100% to do uh, with, with this relationship. And here's what I love, man. I want a DVD of this when I get to heaven. Imagine their joy when they heard this. Imagine their joy when, 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 when Joseph realizes, oh my goodness, she didn't cheat on me. I mean, and just the joy of going, okay, this is of God. Imagine Mary's joy when she realizes that Joseph now knows that she hasn't done anything. Imagine the joy there. And here's the one I want to see. I want to see the two of them get together and just that first moment of going, okay, this is of God. And maybe Joseph's saying, oh, baby, I'm so sorry that I, that I didn't trust you. I'm so sorry that I didn't believe you. I'm so sorry in this. And I just that picture and the wedding was back on. And I love just the, the thought of, of the relief of what happened with them. And again, imagine you're Mary, okay? Go back to, uh, to this. Here's what Gabriel said about the son you were about to, to bear. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. Imagine you're, you're hearing these words about your child. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Whoa. 
I mean, can you imagine? So now, what are you thinking when you hear these amazing words about your child? And from the time you were a little girl, you've heard about David's splendor. You've heard about his incredible palace. You've heard about his incredible riches. You've heard about his incredible splendor and his incredible glory. What do you think now that you're going to be the queen mother? What do you think is going to happen in your life and what your future holds? Imagine just what you're picturing. If, if that's what happened to David, now what's going to happen if you're the, the, the mother of the, of the son of God? Imagine what's going through her mind there. And then also, if you are her and you, you hear that, that you are highly favored and this is going to be God's son, how do you expect your, your pregnancy to go? How do you expect your delivery to go? I mean, it's just like, you know, golden carpet, right? Everything working out perfect. Everything, no problems, no situations, nothing, just, just all of a sudden hunky-dory, everything going great, right? I mean, if that's, if you're highly favored of God, and if that's God's son, of course you're expecting that. But what does she get instead? I want you to imagine that you are nine months pregnant, and now you have to go from, because of a census, you have to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem. That's 90 miles, which may not sound like much today, but that's a seven to to 10 day trip on the back of a donkey, nine months pregnant. And this isn't just this nice, easy road. This is, I've seen this road. This thing's horrible. I mean, it's up and down and rocky and everything. And it's through a barren wilderness. And and, and then, and then so, so you finally get to the place. And remember, I want to say again, you're nine months pregnant. And you finally get to the place, you finally get to, to Bethlehem, and you're expecting just, man, okay, just let me get off my feet. Let me just get, let me get a, get a nice shower. Let me go, you know, to anything. Let me get room service. Let me lay down, just take a break. And instead, every room, every room in the whole village is completely taken. I and mean, we've got the, you know, the hall, the inn's taken, the Marriott's taken, the Motel 6, the Airbnbs, everything is taken. And then can you imagine, what are you feeling as a, as a young lady there that this is going on in your, in your life? I, you know, not what you expected, right? And then finally, so there's the, the, the innkeeper, and he's got at least some mercy and says, you know what, you can use the, you can use the stable. You can use the stable, that's, that's fine. And at least you're happy to get out of the elements. But then you take that first step in there, and all you smell is manure and stale urine and the smell of animals, and you realize that this is where you have to have your child? I mean, th- it's so easy for us to just, just go through this and not realize that they are real human beings with real feelings just like you and, uh, and, and I have. Can you imagine what's... I guarantee you one thing. I guarantee you she did not grab Joseph's hand at this moment and go, honey, this is exactly the way I pictured it. This is coming true. My dream is coming true. This is exactly the way I thought things would, uh, things would happen. And then so, so then uh, Joseph, okay? And Joseph, you know, has a seven to 10 day trip trying to take care of Mary on the back of a donkey. And I can guarantee you this is not club med for him either, right? And so, and, and picture this. Imagine that you are, are Joseph and you finally get to Bethlehem and you go up to different places and you have got to go back to Mary and say, honey, there's no room anywhere. I mean, imagine as a man watching that face every single time and you're trying, to, you're trying to take care of her, you're trying to look after her and nothing's working out the way you want to. And I can just picture him, especially with the innkeeper, just begging, pleading, anything, give us some room anywhere, we'll take anything. And then finally he has to go back and say, I have some good news and bad news. And the, the good news is we have some place, the bad news is, honey, that's it right over there, that, that stable. 
And can you imagine going in there and she's, she looks around and you're hearing, you know, you're just feeling that disappointment in, the, in, in your, your, your wife. And then she's saying, where, where are we going to deliver the baby? Where are we going to put it? And, and you, you take a, a feeding trough and you, you empty it out and you put it back in there and you kind of, it's, you know, I, I'm hoping that they just had those moments of you have to laugh to get, quit from crying and just look at each other and go, what are you going to do? This is, this is it. But here's the big one. I think any man in here could relate to this. You all of a sudden realize you got to help deliver this child. And this is, I mean, I mean, think of this. He had, this is in the days no man ever came close to this. This was midwife's job. You never came into the vicinity. There was no Lamas in those days, you know, breath training or any coach or anything like that. It's not in the picture. And he suddenly realized, and oh, and the added pressure that this isn't just any kid. This is God's son, right? And imagine just this thing, because to me, as a, as a guy, the, the two hardest things are when you realize that you've disappointed the one you love, and, and also the, the thought of that you're weighing over your head. I mean, he's got as much experience in this as he does in quantum physics, right? And he's completely over his head, and this is what he's going through at this time. Again, I guarantee you this is not what he expected when he realized that, that Mary was going to carry God's, uh, God's son. And then you've got, the, then you've got the, the wise men. Let's do one more picture here to, today. And what do you think they were experiencing? What do you think they were expecting? What do you think they were hoping for? Because they were the astrologers of their, of their day, right? And they saw this, this star that just appeared that, that was so spectacular, so out of place that they believed correctly that this was a sign from God. So they take off on a journey, and most scholars believe it was a two-year journey, okay? And there go there. What do you think they're expecting? If this child they know is going to be the king of the Jews, where do you think they're going to go? Where are they expecting the king of the Jews to be born? In the capital, right? So they go up to the capital, and they, then they realize they're looking at the star, and they're going, wait a second, the star is not over, it's not over Jerusalem, and so they go up, and this is one of the first Christmas miracles right here. Three guys, they are lost, and they ask for directions, right? They go and say, all right, where is the, where is the, Chris, you know, where is the child to, to be born? And the people tell them that it's in Bethlehem. So they're looking and going, oh, wow, it is. It's not over here. It's over there. And, and don't miss this part. The Jewish, the, the, the Magi's, they have no clues. They have no answers. They just, here's what they know. They just want to follow Jesus. They just want to be there with Jesus. That's all they know. They don't know all this theology. They don't know anything. They just want to, they will do anything it takes to get to Jesus. And here's, you have the, the, uh, the, the religious leaders and they've got all the answers. They know exactly where the baby's born. They see the same star as the, as the wise men and they won't go just a couple of miles out of, their, out of their way. And if you were there, which one would we act like? Which one would you act more like? Would you act more like the religious leaders knowing all the answers but not following or would you not have all the answers but you'd follow him to, to the end of the earth? And you know, I thought of this with, uh, I just, as I was talking to somebody about this and, and I thought, I thought of the church in Africa and I was thinking, we would, we would have some services and people would walk for hours. I mean, hours and hours and hours to get to a service and then at night, it would be done at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. They would go out into, I mean, pitch dark. They didn't have flashlights. They didn't have anything like this. They'd go out into pitch dark and walk back home for hours and y'all, they're wild animals. There's lions in this place. There are things that can kill them and they're happy to go to do this because they just want to hear about Jesus. They'll go anywhere, do anything to hear about Jesus and then I compare and contrast that to the Church of America today that sometimes won't go a few miles just to hear about Jesus. And again, which one would we more 
more act, uh, more act like there. And, he, and so, in, so instead of taking them to the, the, the place where, where they thought it would be, they go and they follow the star and they find a stable. I mean, it's in, over some, up, uh, some hip town called Bethlehem and they follow it there and, and it leads to a stable. And I don't know about you, but I can picture them looking at each other and going, Seriously? I mean, we went, we went, you know, two years and this is where it ends up. And I bet you, at least for a few minutes, this went through their mind. Did we miss something? Did we, did we miss God? Did we, God, we miss something here? And isn't that the tendency that you and I have every time we follow a star and we wind up at a stable? Isn't that the question that we have a lot of times? God... Did I miss you? Did we miss you? Did I do something wrong? Is there something, did, God, is there some, some sin in my life that made this happen? I don't get this, God. I'm, I mean, we did this, we did so much, and, and this isn't the way, this isn't the way it turned out or what we, what we expected. And, and see, I think there's probably every one of us can relate to that in our own way, can't we? I mean, you think about it, that there's people that you, you graduate and you, you get, you know, you get the degree. Sometimes you even get the degree with honors. And you're, you're so ready to take on the world. You're so ready there. And you can't even get a job interview. The only job interview you have is something with golden arches around it. That's the only, only job interview you get. Or maybe you get married and you're so excited, man, for the first week or two and everything's great and it's a brand new, brand new life and everything. And then you realize that Prince Charming can be less than charming sometimes. And he can keep the toilet seat up and he can have morning breath and everything. And then you, then you, you realize and the, the guy can wake up and realize that, that, that you know, the, this, this, beautiful, this beautiful rose, this princess that he married has thorns and she can have some serious mood swings too. And, and, and there, or maybe you're single and you're going, well, I didn't expect to be single this late in life. I thought I'd be married by, by now. Or you find yourself single again through divorce or through death. And this isn't what you planned when you walked down the aisle. This isn't what you, what you ex- expected. Or maybe that you dreamed of having, having kids. And to this point in your life, uh, as you're a married couple, that the nursery's still empty. And this isn't what was on the, the agenda. Or maybe there's the, the, a job and you go into the job that you've been working at for years and you've been faithful at and, and the boss asks you to come in and you hear the, the, your name and the word downsizing in the same sentence. Or maybe it's just broken, broken dreams. That I, have, um, I have a dear friend that I was with last, uh, last week or two weeks ago and he had started a church just like Crossroads and, and for seven years they'd been going and everything and, and that church just started to go down. Not because of any sin. Just things happen. And just watch his disillusionment and talking to him about just, and there's, there's, that church doesn't exist any, anymore. And just the brokenness of, of him, of the, of the broken dream. Or maybe, maybe there's a, a health issue that you never dreamed of. You wanted to have this kind of life and you wanted to have, and, and suddenly there's this health issue in, in, in your life. And, and that wasn't what was planned. That wasn't on the agenda either. And I don't want this, this isn't to be a downer message because it's not gonna be. It's going to be really positive. But here's one thing that we need to, to know. Um, I guarantee you, you know, I bet you Christmas, that some aspect of Christmas won't end up the way you expect it to be. But some things will, will be different than you expect. 
But then I guarantee you that life, a lot of times, will not end up, will not be what you expect it to be. And sometimes life has a tendency to throw you a curveball or a changeup or a fastball or just anything else you want to do with, with baseball analogy. It'll give you something that you just weren't expecting in any way. At least one aspect of your life and sometimes even life in general where you come up, where you follow a star and you find a stable. But here's the, and, but here's the thing too, that, that know that that happens even, even when you're highly favored of God. Even when you're doing exactly what God tells you to do. Even when you're, when, you're, when you're a God, that God has amazing, incredible, phenomenal plans for your life, sometimes these things still happen. But here, understand this too. Sometimes even in the midst of that, God still answers dreams and sometimes things end up even better than you expected. It was a child and even though she went through all this hell, and let's just call it what it is, you know, that the greatest desire of a Jewish woman's dreams would be the mother of the Messiah. And so God not only fulfilled a dream to have a baby, but she had the, uh, even greater than she ever dreamed or imagined. You know, Tracy gave the, the message or the, the scripture that God works all things together for good. You know what that means? That somehow, even when we find a stable, and we're going to look at this in the next couple of weeks, God's still in that stable. And God's still going to do some amazing things in the middle of this stable. And something hit me when I saw the father, Ralphie's father, and the joy that he had when he gave him the, 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 the Red Rider BB gun. And don't you think our Heavenly Father, who is all good, all love, perfect in every way, don't you think he just gets a joy as he gives us not only what we dreamed of, but sometimes so much more than we could have asked or imagined as the Bible said. If we could bow our head and close our eyes, and maybe you're here right now, I'd like to ask the, the prayer team to come forward. And right now, if you're just, um, if you're facing a stable in some way, if there's an ex, it's something in your life that is just not turning out the way you expected, and let's just say it, it's a difficult time right now. I mean, maybe you feel like you're on the back of a donkey. Maybe you feel like you're in way over your head. Maybe there's no room in the inn. Maybe there's just those, those disappointments of life. If one way or the other you're going through that, just a sign with you and God, if you could just raise your hand. A lot of those hands everywhere, hands everywhere. God, I especially, I especially pray for every hand that's up right now. And you know the situation. God, you know the number of hairs on every person's head that raised their hands or needed to raise their hands. God, you're so intimately involved with them that you created them, you formed and fashioned them in their mother's womb. And the God, that even though they're in a stable right now, you've got good things and you haven't left them or forsaken them. And God, I thank you that you're bigger than any stable. I thank you that when we're off track that you'll find us on the way back on track. I thank you, God, that, that even that bad things may happen to good people, but we've got a good God, and just like we sang, you've never lost a battle, Lord. And so, God, when life throws us curveballs, God, there may be too much for us, but we know you can hit every one of them out of the park. And so we thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 